This is the Montana Outdoor Podcast, brought to you in part by Rocky Mountain Truck and Trailer in Missoula, home of Boss Snowplows, CM Truck Beds, and Diamond Sea Trailers. Just go to rmtte.com for more information. And by Superior Hardwoods of Montana, home of the largest selection of in-stock high-end wood products and flooring in the Western United States. Let them guide you through the woods at superior-hardwoods.com. Now, get ready for more fascinating topics and the most interesting people you will ever find in Montana's great outdoors. We offer new podcasts most every Saturday. You can get a link to these podcasts by going to our website, montanaoutdoor.com, or by going to our Facebook page, or just send an email to downrigger at montanaoutdoor.com and say send a link to my email. It's that simple. Now let's head out with your host, Downrigger Dale, and see what's going on in Montana's great outdoors. Hello again, everyone. Downrigger Dale here with another Montana Outdoor Podcast. And uh, we're continuing our series on how to find the right boat for you. Been getting a lot of great response from all of you. I really do appreciate your emails and that. You probably heard uh, Manny just a few minutes ago give uh, my email out. And, uh, you know, feel free to use that anytime for questions and that. That's a great way to get in touch with me. Uh, and uh, Manny will give you that at the end of the show as well. Of course, with me uh, again is uh my partner in crime and on the water uh the captain and uh, he has got another great guest now this is this is a name you've probably heard of if you've ever been through the glasgow area that's mondak marine uh, they've been you know in the boating business for 25 years uh, the new owners are uh matt cowan and his uh wife stephanie and they bring well over 20 years of all kinds of expertise. Uh, so basically, Mondak just got uh, even better when when Matt came on board. Um, and Captain, you've known Matt a long time, haven't you? Uh, yes, I have. Uh, Matt and I first met when he was working at Shields. Um, I had some, and this is probably surprising to you, Don, or had some issues with my electronics. Really? Uh, hummingbirds. Now that's something I that. Think it was after, <laughs> I think it was after you were on the boat. Um, Couldn't have been me. screwed everything up. <laughs> so I, I, Matt was nice enough to take a phone call. And so we've just had a dialogue um, for a number of years. Uh, Matt is well known across the state of Montana and actually beyond the borders of Montana for really knowing his stuff when it comes to hummingbird. Uh, Lawrence and Garmin, all those electronics. And when he decided to buy Mondak Marine, I was surprised, but I, I guess then I thought about it a little bit, and I wasn't surprised. Tell us a little bit about this decision of leaving, of being the supervisor, fishing supervisor at Shields and Billings, to buying Mondak Marine. Well, I'll tell you what, that was uh, one of the hardest decisions that my wife and I ever had to make, right? Coming from the comfort and the family of Shields of 20 years to uh, moving north, a little bit colder climate than where we're used to in Billings, and uh, kind of going all in with my passion um, with boats and electronics. And I did work with Brandon and Renette Babb a little bit, uh, the previous owners, 
um, they set up a promotion where when they sold a boat, they would um, hire me to come up and go on the water with the customer and make sure everything worked the way it's supposed to and kind of shorten that learning curve. But uh, it's been the best decision I've ever made. I think my wife and my boys might differ since I don't get to see them as much. <laughs> uh, they're still in Billings as we're, we're building up here uh, in this area, but super thankful for the community. And I'll tell you what, the future's bright. I know that uh, Bill Zaraja, who is the salmon slayer, had you on his boat. Time off. That's his boat. That's the name of his boat. And you went and showed him. He bought some brand new electronics about two years ago, something like that. And he was really impressed with the knowledge that you had, as well as how to make those electronics a lot more efficient. Sure. Yeah. Bill's a, a super good guy, man. I've learned a lot from him with the time uh, I got to spend in his boat. And yeah, when you get to work on a, a big giant Woldridge pilot house like he has and put a couple of big graphs in there and then have them perform the, the way they're supposed to and we get to see the fish react to our baits. Uh, yeah, it's it's super fun. So the reason uh, I bring that up is we're not going to really be talking about rigging boats on this podcast. We've got another podcast that we're really looking forward to you doing. In fact, uh, some our buddy Taylor Michaels at Jason Mitchell Outdoors, you just did a podcast for him on rigging boats. And I guess according to what Taylor told me, it's one of the most sought-after podcasts that they've done in quite a while. Yeah, that was a good time. Taylor and I kind of got to dive in a little bit with what we call clean power and electronics and just making sure uh, we set ourselves up to have the units work the way they're supposed to. Yeah, that I I was going to bring that up. That's going to that's going to be a great show. So you folks stay uh, stay tuned with us and and uh, we'll be informing you on that and you uh, you know if you if you subscribe to our podcast you'll get notified but uh, that's going to be a really good one. Uh but you got to have the boat on the water first and that's what we want to talk about today is is finding the right boat and then Matt'll be able to outfit it with everything you'd ever want and you'll actually know how to work it unlike the captain (laughs) well i tell you he he carries some really top-notch boat lines in fact we know about one of them uh we did it with kent andrews and we did a from warrior boats we did a podcast um and he's uh, got a lot of warriors that he's going to be rigging up this year and is rigged up last year he also has a line the yarcraft line which uh, I think that's one of your personal uh, personal boat that you use. Yeah, it, you know, right now I'm driving a, a two nineteen Yarcraft, and you know, we carry some some nice boats. There are so many good boat dealers around. Um, I, the way that I tell a customer is just like a truck; you have to go drive them. You don't know exactly if that's the right fit for you based off of the specs. But yes, at Mondak we carry Yarcraft Warrior. Crestliner is our aluminum side, and then we just recently signed with Camus Boats as well, so we've got a few of those on the way. Okay, uh, we'll talk a little bit about Camus. I'm not familiar with them, but let's let's address the Crestliner. Crestliner is a real popular line when it comes to the jet boats for you. Yeah, boy, I'll tell you what. The the Crestliner line of uh, the Retrievers, it's a center console. Um, We offer three different versions there, anything from 16-foot clear to 20-foot. And, uh, you know, with the river being here and, and early ice coming off, maybe hopefully by mid May this year, yeah. <laughs> um, guys will get out there. They're easy to use, very versatile. A lot of hunters use them. So pretty lucky to have that line. 
Matt, you've got kind of a unique situation there. Um, Being in Glasgow right next to, you know, Fort Peck Reservoir, uh, one of the largest reservoirs in the world, uh, it it really gives folks the ability to not only, you know, look at the different lines you have and the lines, the different lines you have are very diverse and we're going to get into why you would pick one as opposed to another and you know, maybe talk about some of the uses in that. But also with the reservoir right there, people can, you know, hang out down by the marina, talk to a few people about why they like using this boat or that boat. And then I assume if we got real serious and said, gee, I, I kind of like this one. Do you uh, take your customers out on Fort Peck then and, and give them like a test drive? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, I've got, not only do I have some great pro staff that help out, uh, with those lines, but when a customer is looking at, uh, investing their money with me at Mondak, they definitely need to drive it. Um, and I recommend driving the exact boat they want to buy. That way they know they've got some confidence that it, it does what it's supposed to do. Well, we, we talked a little bit about warrior. I own a warrior 203. Let's talk to, about this Yarcraft boat. Uh, they did a total redesign about, what, three years ago? Yeah, they re- redesigned uh, what they call the TFX model. Uh, they start in the 186 side um, and then roll 209, and then the 219 is their, their big dog. And you carry that line. It's, it's your boat that you use. Tell us about some of the features. When somebody gets into a Yarcraft, what do they like about the Yarcraft? Uh, over other boats that they choose well the thing about yarcraft is the beam or the the overall width of the boat might not be as wide as some of the the competition let's say you know, even a warrior it's just a different design the bow is extent is big you know you can easily fish two guys on a bow of a 219 or a 209 pretty easy uh, they've done some work there behind the windshield which is the console it's really nice for guys that are pulling cranks so you know there's pros and cons to every boat um they're pretty quick so if you think you need to uh hammer down and outrun somebody you have that option as well um super dry ride you know everything comes with zip wakes in that that big 219 side which is the the trim tabs automatic trim tabs it has a gps it just does it for you super smooth um you just you don't get wet no you you brought up those Hang on a second, Reggie. You brought up those trim tabs. How does that work, the GPS trim tabs? So uh, the Zipwake system is a vertical trim tab versus a horizontal trim tab. Probably, I don't know, do you have trim tabs on your Warrior? I do, but they're manual. Yep. And it's probably a Bennett or a Lenco or something like that Lenco. where you manually do it. Where these ones uh, have a, a program, a, a little receiver that's mounted on your dash. You plug in some information based off of the length and width of your boat, maybe how much it weighs, and then it automatically adjusts the trim tabs for you to make sure that you're always level in the water, no, no matter where uh, your customers are sitting or the load. And then, of course, you can tell them to turn off at a certain speed because, let's be honest, once you get above 40, sometimes you it really doesn't matter. Matt, uh, if I remember right, one of the unique things that Yarcraft has, and I don't know if it still does, is that in addition to the trim tabs, the, the, the motor actually can go up or down 
I've never seen anything like that. Is is that something our craft still does? Oh yeah, yeah. That is called a jack plate. Um, yeah, warriors aren't doing jack plates just uh, based off of the design and and the performance. It really isn't needed. But uh, a lot of times in big waves, it's nice to bury that motor uh, on the vertical side. Um, or if you're taking off in shallow water conditions, you can bring the motor up, get up on plane, and then it, it you know helps with top end as well. So there's some. There's some good benefits to a jack plate, and those can be added to any boat at any time. But are they standard on the Yarcraft, the jack plate? Yes, every okay. Yarcraft that I order, mm-hmm. um, for the most part, comes with usually a six-inch hydraulic jack plate. Yeah, that, that one really surprised me, and I thought, what a neat idea that, you know, especially in Fort Peck where you've got real diverse water from very deep to very shallow and all that, uh, do you find that that that's something that is primarily the the fishing crowd that likes that, or uh, is that is that used for pretty much everything out on Fort Peck now? Yeah, I think it's just mostly fishermen driven. Um, I think most people are using it for speed, mm-hmm. where I think that there's a lot more opportunity to teach people how to use it for your boat to perform better in rough conditions. Um, so. I don't know of any cons with it, with a jack plate. The pros definitely uh, allows you to get that motor out of the water, which could allow you to save a little fuel and keep that, that RPMs up too. And, and Fort Peck just happens to have a few rough rough waves every now and then, doesn't it? Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> unfortunately those days when the wind blows, it can get pretty big. And that is so nice to have something that can handle that water. Absolutely. You know, anything... 20 foot and up in the fiberglass side of things seems to really perform well in that big water. Norm Sellerud and J.R. Rasmussen were a very successful duo. They don't fish together now. I think they fish with their families individually. Uh, but uh, Norm gave me a test drive on the Yarcraft because uh, he must be one of your pro staff yep, guys. No, yep, Norm and J.R. are just fantastic customers. Uh, J.R. drives a 209. Uh, with the 250 on the back, um, Norm drives a big 219 with uh, a 400 racing on the back. So he's definitely Ooh. one of the fastest boats out there. And, uh, yeah, they're beautiful. Wow. So you get uh, into a Yarcraft. Is that primarily targeted towards anglers? I mean, do you see families? If a family comes in, are they going to be steered toward a Yarcraft? Or is it because usually, you know, the... If one of them, husband or wife, sometimes in today's world, you never know. The wife might be the fisherman. Sure. And the uh, husband maybe doesn't do it. But um, is a Yarcraft kind of a boat where it's primarily just for fishing, the ones you're talking about, the way you rig them? Oh, no. Um, any of the boats that we sell here, I do have the ability of adding a ski pole system to it. Um, so, it, yes, they're built for fishing. But if you want to go pull tubers... Any of them will do it. Um, sometimes the the back deck on a Yarcraft is a little bit wider um, than some of the competition, which is nice if you uh, decide you want to lay down, take a nap, or, or do something like that. Um, most of my Yarcrafts do come with um, a sea deck flooring, which is very similar to Aqua Traction. Yeah. Uh, Aqua Traction is coming in all of 
my warriors and i'll tell you what that stuff is really taken over carpet is uh, almost a thing of the past <clears throat> i know i mean i i didn't get one of those because my warriors are 2017 that the flooring i love the looks of it i love the feel of it you know old um uh, marvin loomis you know marvin oh yeah marvin and connie uh they Mar marvin always wanted to he always fished with his uh, shoes off he'd be barefoot when he was guiding yep. out outfitting and you know on a on my boat the way that flooring is it'd be a little tough to do that on my warrior boat but the way that aqua you call it aqua aqua traction is what's coming in the warriors yeah, yeah it's just like it's better than carpeting because it's you know you can it cleans up real nice it's a it's a real soft it's a closed foam material so it doesn't absorb any stains cleans up awesome you know most of these boats come with wash down systems now to where uh you know, if you catch as many salmon as you do, you got to clean that blood up somehow. And, you know, Rigger, uh, carpeting is like you and I. We don't clean up very well. <clears throat> yeah, uh, yeah. This is a new technology. For, that, that, it, it cleans up pretty well. That That's something that uh, I wish they'd – maybe you could cover my, my, uh, my body with that stuff. But, uh, Matt, let's get into <laughs> – let's get into a few scenarios here. Uh <clears throat> When we've been talking with with our listeners, you know, we get a lot of different questions, and that's why we started this this series on the Montana Outdoor Podcast. Was you know, people were saying, "Okay, I I know I want a boat, but I I want to be able to to find someone that can help me figure out what boat would be best for me." I kind of have it in my head what I think I want, but you know, you're talking about boats nowadays. That's a substantial investment, and you want to pick out something that that's right for them. So, if, um, for example, one of the scenarios that that came to us was, okay, I'm I'm going to retire, and what I plan on doing once I hang it up is I'm going to be fishing, and that's what I'm going to use my boat for most all the time is fishing. So what would be some of the things you would ask me if I came in to kind of help steer me in the right direction to find the right fishing boat for me? Oh, yeah. We call those qualifying questions. And uh, the first thing that I would say is, well, where do you do most of your fishing? Mm -hmm. Because uh, let's just say you're fishing Canyon Ferry or some of these uh, other reservoirs that maybe you don't need a 21 or 22-foot boat. You know, and then I would say, well, what's your favorite style of fishing? You know, okay. if, if you're mostly in the bow of the boat 90% of the time, well, that allows me to make a few decisions on what I can recommend just based off of space. How many people are fishing with you normally? You know, if you've got four people fishing with you all the time, maybe we need to look at something different uh, for some room behind the windshield. You know, do you like a windshield? Do you like bubbles? Mm -hmm. um, okay. Things that can be added to the boat based off of its current situation. Now, those are really good things to consider because when when you start asking those kind of questions, that that begins to to set it up for for the person to say, "Well, gee, you know, I didn't think about that, but yeah, it's it's usually just me, and I like to you know pop pop the old uh, electric troller in, and I love to sit at the bow, and so that's going to guide him in the right direction. So those are good things." To bring up, you know, when when you have an expert like you, you're probably going to ask them. Uh, but if you you end up somewhere else, uh, then you, folks, you you need to be thinking about those kind of things and uh, doing that. Uh, now let's talk about 
for the fishing season, you know, if I'm back this the same guy and I say, I love the fish, but of course, maybe about four months out of the year. Uh, now I, I need a way to uh, store that thing so that it's going to, you know, keep well over the winter and all that. I don't have the big outbuilding. That's something that I know Mondak does. And that is to do the shrink wrapping in that. Is that something that, that you can handle for people? And talk a bit about that, because I think that's a really neat service that you do. Yeah, the shrink wrap has been really popular. Um, it just protects our investment. If you can't put it inside, and that's fine, even if you can put it inside and, and you want to cover it, keep the mice out, keep the dust off the cover, um, it's pretty simple for us to do. Uh, we have to do it inside. Uh, we've done everything from... 34 foot uh twin outboard motors to a 16 foot aluminum it 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 really is a nice investment to keep the water off and uh it just doesn't move it's it's bulletproof and you can go ahead and tow that once you guys have freak wrapped it right it doesn't absolutely tow it around yep it's a one and done uh if you're really careful when you cut it off um you might be able to reuse it but most of the time uh it's a one and done the the great thing, if you could, is if you could shrink wrap the boat with the captain in it, that would be great. Then We've we could just keep him crazy quiet. Stuff with shrink the... wrap. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think we could probably still hear him in there yelling. Yeah, we probably. I, could. Uh, <clears throat> I was going to say that the first time Downrigger went into Mondak Marine, he spent a little time with Matt, and Matt didn't have to ask him the question: Do you fish by yourself? He already knew. <laughs> <laughs> that you fish by good idea. <laughs> yeah. Well, so when know, we come back, Rigger, when we come back, um, I want to ask uh, Matt about this Crestliner jet line, uh, not jet line, but jet uh, boats that he carries. Um, everywhere I go in this part of the country at Fort Peck, there's a Crestliner jet boat. Sure. It's what? real popular. It must, they must love it over here. They know the, boat and we'll find out a little bit about those but we need to talk a little bit about one of our sponsors that helped bring the podcast here rigor yeah i i wanted to talk a bit about uh, superior hardwoods of montana now these guys ever since they started uh, sponsoring the show i've been getting more and more people asking me about it of is it really do they really have that much stuff yeah the captain and i spent some time at Superior Hardwoods, over a hundred thousand square feet of flooring is in there. Um, the list goes on and on, but to me, the thing that I find incredible about Superior Hardwoods Hardwoods is the the selection of everything from the most exotic woods you could think of, of like uh, olive wood or cypress wood or that, to to make the most unique, uh, you know man cave you've ever seen uh down to just good quality flooring at a good price uh to me that that amazed me a lot captain was just the sheer diversity of everything they have well i know it doesn't take much to amaze you but they it was very amazing uh when we walked through there we spent like two hours with uh you know looking at wood and the only reason we spent two hours looking at wood is because john Corey, and shannon are so passionate about yeah. superior hardwoods now listen to these names, Rigger. Redwood paneling, mushroom cypress. Can you imagine yeah. going into the hardware store or the lumber yard and saying, I'd like to have some mushroom cypress. I'm going to put it in my den. 
Uh, how about some buckboard fur or corral board? They actually buy, for some of you ranchers that don't use your corrals anymore, don't burn them. Yeah. Um, John will buy them from you. Yeah. He'll buy the wood from you. In fact, one of the things we saw there was that they had taken down an old mill and repurposed that wood, and it was amazing. That's going to end up in somebody's home. So Superior Hardwoods of Montana, they're located in Missoula. If you're going south out of Missoula towards Lolo, you're going to see them right across the street from the big Peak Athletic Center there. Stop in. Uh, They love to have visitors, and they would love to just uh, help uh, guide you through the woods at Superior Hardwoods of Montana. Yeah, it's superior-hardwoods.com. Go to their website. Uh, Great people. Okay, let's get back to Matt. Let's talk a little bit about uh, Mondak Marine, obviously. We're talking about Crestliner. Uh, you also have the full line crest liners too, but uh, I want to focus right now on the jet boats. Okay, yeah. Um, so most everything on our jet side is uh, a center console. They we can order them in a side console if a customer wants, but it seems like the center console is um, the most popular. They start with a, a sixteen sixty, so just a little over sixteen foot. Um, they come, everything comes powered with mercury four strokes. That wouldn't, would, uh, would be a 90, 65. That means 90 horsepower at the power head. Um, but you lose 30% once you start putting it through a jet pump. Um, all of these boats, uh, for the most part come with a tunnel hull, which allows that motor to be just, uh, up off the bottom of the boat a little bit, allows you to run in a little bit skinnier water, uh, three inches of water when you're rolling, uh, it really you can feel the boat get slick, so to speak, and it comes up, uh, runs pretty good. Just don't slow down when it gets gets skinny. Hammer down. Uh, the next size is the eighteen sixty. I, I and, wanted to uh, just uh, jump in there real quick, Matt, and ask you one question because we're right on a topic that one of our listeners uh, sent an email to me. Uh, Jeremy, uh, Jeremy, and Helena asked, "I I like to go out on the rivers. I like to go uh, on the smaller reservoirs." but I don't have the budget to buy two different boats. What dictates why I should have a jet boat or a prop boat? So maybe well, you could help guide him a little there. Yeah. If you're going to run the river and you are going to run through water, that's a foot and a half or less, uh, it, it's going to save you a pile of money running a jet, right? If you're running a prop, which there's some great prop guys out there that can do it. Uh, these lower units on a prop boat can get really expensive. Mm-hmm. It's thousands of dollars, not to mention when you start messing up props, lower units, uh, things like that. So these jets perform just fine uh, in the smaller bodies of water. I shoot, I've even had them on Fort Peck. You just have yeah. to pay attention, you know. Um, they're, it, they're not necessarily a modified V, but they have enough of a V to wear you know, you can get through some decent waves. It's not the smoothest or the driest ride, but you're safe. Mm. Um, so if a guy just wants one boat and he's going to fish any river system for the most part in Montana, I just don't know if he can go wrong with a, with a jet boat. Jeremy, we'll give you some, uh, uh, contact information too, if you want to discuss more of that with Matt. Now you were talking about the different sizes of the crest liners before I rudely interrupted you there. Uh, take us through the different sizes and, and kind of tell us what would be the, the main purpose of why I choose one over the other. Sure. 
So we started with the 1660, absolutely perfect for two, maybe three anglers. Um, the 1870 is hands down my best seller, you know, just over 18 feet long. It's got a 11580 um, four stroke on the back. And I think that's what you have on your G3, if I'm not wrong. Or no, you don't have a G3 or your jet boat captain. It's a Yamaha 11580. We just serviced that today. So right. beautiful boat. Um, yeah, the 1870s are hands down my best sellers um four people no problem you know they all these boats come with two pedestal chairs and and uh you know we can put anything trolling motors on there whatever you want we've got everything there at the store to do it and so when you're talking about that's the most popular model what size of motor are you going to put on that boat because one of the issues sometimes the jet boat that i have i've got it it, it doesn't plane easy enough i mean the boat's heavy in itself but then you get like three guys on there the size of downrigger <laughs> and you get a live well full of water uh it's tough to tough to make that thing plain yeah um we've got these pods that come with the on the back of all of our crest liners and it's another flotation system that comes out on each side of the big motor it's kind of like steps um those are basically built in um, systems that allow you to get up on plane quicker as well. Stabilizing pods are, they're fantastic and you can add those to any boat as well. Um, but I recommend if you can put the max horsepower on your boat, on your boat, that's going to perform the way it was designed to. Um, you know, that takes us to our big sled, which is the 2070. Um, that one actually comes with the V8 Mercury 150 Pro XS. Wow. Um, and those are really popular as well. That one I do offer with both a jet pump and a lower unit prop. Um, I think that thing would absolutely scream with a prop on it. Uh, and I, I know guys are putting six guys in there and running pretty darn quick up and down the river. And if you folks, uh, if you folks want to follow along online and look at some of these boats that we're talking about, uh, M-O-N hyphen D-A-K marine.com, mondacmarine.com. Hop on there, and you can kind of follow along and look at some of these and look at some of those crest liners there. Sorry, Captain, I didn't mean to interrupt. I just want to let people know to yes, you did. You take a look at it. Let's talk about the wideness of these crest liners. That's also got to be a tremendous uh, benefit and feature that you sell. Yeah, you start in the 16-foot, and every time you step up, the beam gets wider uh, and, and that's a stability thing. It also allows you to stay on plane at a lower uh, speed. You know, I think uh, in the 1870 that I'm driving right now, I can be on plane at like 14 miles an hour. They're not super fast. I think I top out around 31, but it's not a speed thing. It's all about being efficient. Right. And you don't, you know, when you're on the river, sometimes speed is not your yeah. ally. Sometimes it's a liability is, because you got to watch where you're going. Too. Yeah, and we've all hit, and uh, you're going to hit. It's just a matter of when you see an obstacle and time to hopefully slow down. But the problem is around here, you know, that river goes up and down and fluctuates, and you've got gravel bars. And it, if you think you're going to hit, my advice is pin that throttle because that's going to lie to go through the lowest amount of water. And if you do hit, of course, the speed is the enemy, so there's no good ending to this. <laughs> Matt, what about uh, maintenance with a jet as opposed to a prop? 
Is there any extra maintenance that has to be done on a jet? Or is yeah, it actually easier to take care of? Okay. Um, well, not very often uh, do you, you know, it's a four-stroke, so do your regular maintenance, oil filters, fuel filters, uh, and oil, you know, once a year. But because the it's an impeller in there sliding around, there, there's an actual Zerk in the bottom of, of the jet pump that I recommend you, you know, putting some grease in um, every other time you go. It doesn't take very much, but it keeps things lubricated down there so you you don't uh, start getting some wear sleeve issues and things like that. Okay. Go ahead, Captain. So um, when we come back, we're going to have a little word here from uh, one of our sponsors that helps bring the broadcast to you. Um, we want to know about, or actually I would like to know about, when you bought Mondak Marine, what I have noticed the difference inside the store is the amount of merchandise that you actually have on hand. And for a boater like myself and a guy who kind of, I read up on things you can put on your boat, you know, I don't have to go online. I can just go to Mondak Marine in Glasgow and yeah. and, and buy, and we'll talk a little bit about that stuff. And Yeah, one, one question I want you to think about, Matt, while we're talking about R- Rocky Mountain Truck and Trailer, and that is, uh, think about th- this question, which is, what are the must-have accessories for a boat and what are kind of more of the, yeah, take it or leave it. It's more personal preference. Think about that one. Now let's talk about uh, towing stuff around and having your, your vehicle right. Uh, Rocky Mountain Truck and Trailer, uh, they have really, really done some incredible stuff here, Captain. Uh, the, the one thing that I easiest for me to describe is you've got these places that have a few trailers kind of sitting out or you have the big box stores and they go oh yeah we sell trailers too and they got a few of them hanging out in the parking lot and then you have companies that that's what they do and that's why i'm always sending people to rocky mountain truck and trailers because they not only sell them but they service them they know all about it inside and out. It isn't an, an afterthought thing sitting in a parking lot. Bigger, you can't buy, I don't think, a better trailer than a Diamond C trailer. Right. Okay? Yeah, exactly. They're built. I mean, it's it's built really good. Uh, and they're CM truck beds. You know, those are mm-hmm. the truck beds that you see a lot of the uh, farmers and ranchers use. They also, the contractors will use them. Um, and there's a reason for that because they're built, they're built to work and they're built to, you can have, have some play too, when it comes mm-hmm. to those types of, um, you know, trailers and truck beds. And the other nice thing about it is, is that Josh and his, it's a family owned deal. Right. And so you're dealing with, just like we're dealing with Matt at Mondak Marine, you're dealing with a family, an individual, their reputation's on the line. When every sale and everything else that they do service after the sale, and they'll service other things as well. But uh, I really think you ought to take a a real good hard look at Rocky Mountain Truck and Trailer Equipment uh, because they have they are the place that definitely you want to go to in Missoula. Their website is rmtte dot com. Yeah, go to that website and you'll see exactly what I'm saying. Uh, huge different. These are the experts and, uh, talk about, well, gee, I don't, I'm not sure what kind of trailer I should get. They will help you with that. So 
go see our fr- friends there. Now, back to you, uh, uh, Matt. Let's start with my question, and then we'll get into all the stuff that uh, Captain's going to ask you. But when you, we talk accessories for boats, you you can almost. In fact, you for sure can spend as much in accessories as you do for the entire boat. Um, For the person that's just kind of starting out, let's go back to our guy that's retiring. He's not an experienced boater, but he knows he's going to be spending a lot of time in the water. What are the must-have accessories that you should definitely have on your boat? And then what are things that, eh, more personal preference, don't have to have them? Sure. Well, you know, most all these boats are coming with all the safety features that a guy needs, you know? Um, so we don't have to worry about that so much. There are some laws that we have to abide by here and anywhere that requires things such as a flow, uh, a throwable or a, uh, um, you fire know, a fire extinguisher, things like that. But when it comes down to actually rigging your boat the way you want, you know, I think it, it's really important to start with whatever fish finder, sonar graph that, uh, that you want for sizing to put on, you know, the console where you're spending most of your time driving, you just have to get one with the GPS for sure. And yeah, out here, um, the mapping is getting better, whether you're running a hummingbird with the Lake master side of things, or if you're running a Lawrence with C map or the Garmin that's coming with the, the Navionics information in it, the depth contours in a lake it's very valuable for safety, especially if you're not sure uh, if you haven't been there a bunch of times, you definitely want to get something that is compatible to read a Lake master chip or some sort of mapping chip. You know, we sell an awful lot of hummingbird stuff around here because the mapping on four pack is really good with yeah. the hummingbird. Um, so I think that it starts with building a, a strong system on maybe uh, doing what you want to do in the future, uh, such as, you know, Let's say you want to learn how to follow a contour, but you have to start with a, a graph that is compatible, um, a trolling motor that is compatible. You definitely want a trolling motor. Uh, and some of that's, a, you know, if your big motor dies and all you have is a bow mount trolling motor, you want to be able to get to shore. So, right. you know, the, the, the rod holders and the placements of the rod holders to where it just makes sense. A lot of times, you know, I work on a boat that, it's just a generic placement on all those boats for that rod holder where I like to get the customer in there and say, okay, here's where you're going to fish. You know, if you're pulling bouncers, you want to be able to see the tips of your rods. You want to be able to reach and grab the handles of your reels without, you know, much effort. Let's just make sure that it just makes sense on where we place everything from rod holders to VHF radios. Um, and of course, sonars, which is a giant expense for all of us, you know, and we just keep mm-hmm. adding those things. But you got to start with a good graph at the dash. Uh, I think that's a very important thing to start with. Okay. The other uh, thing that uh, I've got, for example, I've got, they call a tracking system. And before I bought my Warrior back in 2017, I didn't know about that. I saw a couple of guys have it, and I thought, well, that's kind of a unique deal. Tell them about the tracking system that you can install on any one of your boats. Well, it, it starts again, it's called the One Boat Network, and Johnson Outdoors, who owns Minkota, Hummingbird, Lake Master Cannon, it creates a system to where everything communicates uh, well with each other. Um, the follow the contour feature is probably one of the most utilized features uh, in the, the link system. And it starts with a, a compatible network or a compatible graph that's a networkable unit. 
And then the trolling motor has to be a link trolling motor. And you can add these things to these trolling motors, but it gets really expensive. If you're thinking about getting a new trolling motor for your boat and you are a Humminbird user, I would strongly recommend getting the iPilot link system. So then you put a Lake Master chip in your Humminbird and you can do some water level offsets and some different things we can get into at a later date. But it's like having somebody in your boat that is a perfect driver all day long. If we like to fish in 20 feet because that's where the fish are, I tell my trolling motor to follow the 20-foot Lake Master chip, and it just does it for me. And I can also tell it how fast I want to go. So if you like to pull bouncers and blades at 0.7, well, it's going to drive on that 20-foot contour at 0.7 either until you run into another boat or you <laughs> run out of battery in your, your trolling motor. So it's pretty nice. Yeah. Okay, now... That's one track tracking system. The track system I was going to be referring to is the one on the gunnels. I got you. The you know, Cisco you were tracks. Talking, you okay. were talking about uh, fish finders. Uh, not fish finders, but rod holders. Gotcha. And so instead of the, the old-fashioned way where, okay, I want that rod holder right there. You drill a hole or you put it you know, on the rail. This uh, gives you the ability. And anybody who's real fussy, and I don't know if, I know anybody about like that that I fish with. Um, his initials are uh, DD. It gives you the ability just to, you can do anything you want. You can put it where you want. I mean, let the person put it where, want, where they want. Correct. I'm I can sorry have about a that. Beer, I can um, have a beer holder anywhere on the boat all the time. Very true. Yeah, the <laughs> tracks are really gaining popularity. Um, some boats don't come with anything. Um, some boats come with rails. Um, which has been the most popular style, but tracks are gaining huge popularity and I sell piles of them, uh, for adding, you know, forward facing sonar to downriggers. Uh, and then you can get them all the way to 70 some inches long, depending on how much straight area you have on top of your boat, but you can put everything from rod holders on there, downrigger ball holders on there, beverage holders. Net holders. I mean, it's it's endless. Your downriggers can go right on a pedestal and slide right in. So you're right; they're really nice. Yeah. Well, I know with with rigger, I always tell him that his beverage holders and the budget for next year. Okay. Yeah, we didn't have that uh, money allotted for that. Um, what? But rigger, rigger, you love that type of a system. That, oh, I, that I, I do. I, I'm kind of a keep things organized freak, and I just love that because. Uh, especially, you know, when you, you, you get in and the fishing really takes off, the last thing you want to do is start looking for stuff. And the way that those systems can be set up in your boat, you got everything right at your, your hands and all that. Absolutely. Uh, so a lot more efficient. Just a, another great accessory. Now, let I, I want to move to another topic. And this is one where, boy, you can get in some arguments with people and that. But... Uh, Got to ask it because I get this question a lot from our listeners is, okay, used boat, new boat. Uh, I hear often so many times people say, no, nah, no, nah, never buy a new boat. Used boat's the way to go. They really don't get that much use in Montana. Go for that. Uh, uh, other people say, nope, I don't want to buy somebody else's problems. Uh, give us a little guidance there, Matt, as far as when is it time to say, yep, used would be more for what you're looking for and nope this is what you're explaining to me you need a new boat how, how do you do that sure no that's a great question um 
a lot of that just comes down to, you know, you got to start with the, the power plant, the big motor on the back, because that's usually the most expensive piece of a boat. Um, you got to get it looked at. You got to get compression checked. You need to figure out how many hours are on it. Um, it needs to be ran. Uh, there's so many good used boats out there. We've all bought used boats. Uh, not very many people are fortunate enough to spend the, the amount of money to buy a new boat. That's a giant investment. I mean, they're, they're, some of these boats are more expensive than my first house. <laughs> double, um, double mine. Yeah. So it, it, it's, uh, getting a little crazy and the price of used boats are also very strong as well, but you got to start with that motor or motors and you have to have some confidence in those. And if you're buying a used boat, take them somewhere to an authorized dealer for that brand of motor and have them looked at, pay the 150 bucks to have things looked at. Um, you can plug them all into the computers. You know, we're mercury dealers, so we can plug everything in to the computer and see if there's any codes or issues or, uh, things like that. It's all about the motors. And then, you know, it's not real hard to tell when you jump in a used boat and you walk on the floor, whether it's been taken care of or not, if it's wow. spongy and soft, uh, I would probably steer clear, uh, only because there's bigger issues. Um, sit in the seats. Are the, are they fairly firm? Are they worn out in the pedestals? Um, and then if, if you really look at the, the trailer, it, even if it's galvanized, you can tell if that boat's been on much gravel and how it's been taken care of. Um, that first impression when you go buy a used boat says a lot because if you're trying to sell something, you're going to have it as pretty as you can get it. And if it if it uh, just doesn't feel right, I'd keep looking. Okay, so okay. you have a, you said bring it to a dealer. They can put it on a computer, the motor, the big motor, and see how many hours are on it. That's Is that a, an important in your mind, I mean, if you have a boat that you've used quite a bit, but you've taken care of the boat and it's got say six, 700 hours, that seems like a lot when you say that, but is that a big deal? Well, I think that some of it comes down to how many years have you had it to put six or 700 hours on it. If you've only had it for three years and you have six or 700 hours, that's fine, but there's several oil changes that needed to happen within that time and other maintenance issues. Now I wouldn't be scared to buy a boat with six or 700 hours on it. Um, but I mean, the longevity of these boats, boy, they'll go 2000 mm -hmm. hours, 2,500 hours, 3000 hours. These guys in the salt, you know, they put a lot of hours on their boats. So in the hundreds, if it's, if you can do a hundred, hundred hours a year, that's pretty good. I mean, you're getting the opportunity to get on the water a lot at 100 hours a year. You're gonna, you have to try real hard. Um, so if the boat's seven years old and it's got 500 hours, that's not too bad. Um, we're pretty lucky out here. If you can put 30 to 50 hours a year on your motor, that's pretty good. I, I mean, I fished a lot last year, and I put 80 hours on my motor, so that kind of puts it in perspective. I was surprised how little hours I put on my big motor as well. Um, do you want to? What if a guy says, well, I do all my oil changes myself. I don't have to take it to a dealer. <clears throat> I don't want to take it to a dealer. I did it all myself. Um, I'm just wondering, what are some red flags? Is that a red flag? I mean, sometimes when somebody, you know, a, a general contractor builds, uh, he's not a general contractor, but he builds his own house. He becomes a general contractor. <sighs> you kind of wonder some of the things that they do 
and how legitimate that's going to are you going to are you going to inherit any problems from them so when it comes to a boat you want to make sure that they have the maintenance and how do they how do you check that for sure i suppose bringing it to the dealer i'm talking and the motor's such a big investment on mm. that's why we're kind of you know zeroing in on that but then where do they store the boat in the winter sure you can tell uh a lot from the amount of dust underneath the, underneath the cowling on a boat on on where it's stored how it's stored um yeah you know if you're changing gear lube and you pull that lower plug out which has a magnet on it and there's a bunch of metal shavings in there um mm. we've all seen it and it does happen it's fairly normal but there shouldn't be much and if it's a milky color it means there's been water getting into the gear lube and it's right. it, it's just creating issues so you know i like to teach people to at least write how many hours you have and the date on your oil filter on Sharpie to where you don't have to re remember it so much. It's just like, oh yeah, I changed this last year in November and I had 85 hours on my motor. Well, what, what advice and you do also, you, you, go ahead. Rick, I was going to ask him, you also take, um, you will take some trades in some cases, but you, you can sign at Mondak. Sure. Yeah, I do both. Um, the, the consignment is really easy uh, uh, for both parties involved. I just try to help sell the boat and the customer. I hook the two, the owner and the, the purchaser to up together and they do the paperwork a little bit easier on my end. But I do take trades as well, um, depending on, you know, what we're looking for. And sometimes, you know, like we all know, it, if you can sell it outright on your own, you're going to get more money. A trade, you know, you don't get as much money and you just have to be upfront with people and, and let them know that that's, that's how it works. Well, the, you got into the subject I wanted to get into, Captain, which was that, and I really like the 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 fact that you're you're going to help sell it and do the consignment if it's the if it's the right boat and that because you're a dealership. People come there, uh, and I, I think when when you go to say, "Oh, I'm going to sell the boat myself," and you live, you know, in Montana, a lot of us live off the roadways. A little tough sometimes to get people to come out and check that boat out. So. Uh, yeah. I think that's a big, big plus. And the fact that you're, you're right near the water. So you get that kind of traffic, you know, being, you know, right there at a, next to a major body of water, you're going to get the traffic that most people just aren't going to get. Sure. And we have the opportunity to, you know, take a look at the motor with the customer too, and go through a few things. Yeah. Um, a little bit more peace mm -hmm. of mind. Well, um, Matt, any other things you want to cover on that? And then uh, uh, we can't wait to have you come back and talk about rigging a boat, too. But any, anything else you want to cover uh, about Mondak and, and that? We sure appreciate all the time you spent with us and, and the great advice you've given us. No, I, I appreciate you guys letting me come on and visit about uh, my business and my passion. And, um, yeah, I'm just super thankful for the community and the business that we've gained here in the last uh, couple years and uh, looking forward to the future. You know, I, I would like to say this about Mondak Marine. The beauty about, you know, people wonder, well, uh, got a uh, marine dealership in Glasgow, Montana. You know, it's not a real big town, um, but it's by a big lake. And one of the things that Matt has done with that, de with that dealership in Glasgow, it's only 14 miles away from Fort Peck, but he carries a lot of things that you need. And he carries a lot of things that you need when they break. 
and yeah. you can replace them. So important. And that's yes. uh, very, very important. And I appreciate you doing that because oh, thank you. I know a number of people that I know uh, would have to go drive hundreds of miles or wait for the UPS or the FedEx driver to come by their door if they were going to continue to fish. And you've got a lot of, you know, you're, you're great in electronics. You've got the uh, electric trolling motors. So if something goes wrong with about anything in the boat, you have it in stock. Now, I'm not going to put you in a corner and say you have everything in stock. Nobody does. But you have a lot of things in stock that we need, and I appreciate that. Well, thank you. Yeah, we try to keep those items that we know break often in stock just because it's nothing worse than losing a day on the water, especially if you're on a vacation. In fact, he has a diagram in Mondak Marine that has a picture of you, Downrigger, and says this is what... (laughs) <laughs> the most things that downrigger breaks on a boat, and we have them in stock. <laughs> yeah, don't yeah, don't let this guy touch anything in my dealership, please. No. Well, hey, Matt, thanks again so much, and, and can't wait to have you back and, and talk about all the, the cool stuff we can rig on a boat, too. So uh, 406-228-2900, Mondak Marine. Call him. Matt is great at explaining things just as he's done for us today. Thanks for listening to the Montana Outdoor Podcast. It has been brought to you in part by Superior Hardwoods of Montana, home of the largest selection of in-stock, high-end wood products and flooring in the western United States. Let them guide you through the woods at superior-hardwoods.com and by Rocky Mountain Truck and Trailer in Missoula, home of Boss Snowplows, CM Truck Beds, and Diamond Sea Trailers. Just go to rmtte.com for more information. So what did you think of today's podcast? Send your questions and comments to downrigger at montanaoutdoor.com. We should be dropping a new podcast this next Saturday. Until then, we will see you soon out in Montana's great outdoors.